You've entered the Kill Zone. The Kill Zone. Frontline Gaming presents the Kill Zone Podcast. Real talk for competitive Kill Team 40K tactics, tactics. Strategy. strategy, and news you need to know from some of today's top players. Tune in every other week for brand new episodes of the Kill Zone Podcast. Like the intro just said, you've entered the Kill Zone. Welcome back to returning listeners and those of you new to the podcast. This is Bearded 40K, and I'm joined by Emmanuel Mitsunikos from Strategic Advantage on YouTube. We've got a great show for you coming up today. In today's episode, we discuss easy, intermediate, and hard kill teams to get started in the game with. The internet is full of places that'll tell you which team is strong or weak, but not a lot of folks will talk about the general player experience of sitting down and getting started with the team and being able to play it effectively. That's right, so stay tuned. All that more is coming your way as soon as we pay some bills with these messages. Holy moly, it's the monkey. Did you use the warp to get here? Uh, I have no idea what he's saying, Emmanuel. (laughs) That's okay. I speak a bit of monkey. Let me help. So, uh, monkey, what's up? Are you here to give us a new ad read for the sponsor, Pop Goes the Monkey? Okay, uh, I, I think it sounds like that's what he's here to do. Uh, he's handing something to you. Looks like he has something for you, Chris. It's his weird little hat. I think they call it a fez. Oh, I see there's a note inside. Pop Goes the Monkey. Okay, go ahead. Give it a read. All right. It says, uh, hey, hobbyist and Killzone fans, at Pop Goes the Monkey, we're hard at work putting out some cool bits for you all to enjoy. Are you looking for a neat upgrade for centerpiece character model? Or did the model kit not come with enough special weapons for your kill team? Pop Goes the Monkey to the rescue. Oh, oh, he has something for me, too. Maybe your kit has everything you need, but you wanted to inject a little bit of extra flavor into your models. The monkey can supply you with bits to dress up many of your favorite factions. Forget about transfers when you could have an insignia bit or even full-on pauldrons for your marines. Also, who doesn't love some orky mayhem? I know I do. Going off script here, the orky section is my personal happy place. After seeing the Kill Team CAT reveal for the new box coming out, I immediately went over to Pop Goes the Monkey and found a beer cooler sentry equivalent. Think of that red and white igloo cooler full of beer bottles, but with robot legs and looks angry like a squig. It's kind of amazing and I can't wait to hobby it up. Well, speaking of happy places, the Horus Heresy section is amazing as well. Everything perfect to match the official kits to dress up your Marines and more with their insignias. And it's not just about making Ronald stand out. They have faction-specific merch for you to dive right into, so both you and your favorite army can represent in style! Uh, I, I think we weren't supposed to go off script there, I suppose. I, I'm not too happy about it. Uh, let's see here. Uh, here we are. So head over to popgoesthemonkey.com and check out the vast marketplace of beautiful bits and kits. There's a link in the description. Thanks again for sponsoring the Killzone Podcast. That dang monkey? I have a feeling we'll be seeing a lot more of that guy for some reason. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Uh, Not too keen on the warp energy of how he's coming in. Maybe we should just give him our address so he doesn't have to pop in like that. Everything kind of tastes like licorice now. 
I know, my wall has a bleeding guardsman halfway coming out of it. I don't know what the heck is going on. Well, you already had a guardsman coming out of your wall before, but now it's bleeding, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. You know so, how things are around here. So, it's been a minute. How you been, bud? Doing all right. Uh, you know, living in this Area 51 of Kill Team that I call my apartment. Uh, <laughs> you know, just, uh, just uh, you know, eyeballs and teeth existing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You Hopefully know, just your that. own. Oh god, this warp stuff is gonna go go yes, off the rails. Yes. <laughs> uh, what you been working on? Anything fun? Uh, just the horse heresy stuff. Still, nice. um, I yeah, I got some. Uh, speaking of Pop Goes Monkey, I got some cool bits. I, there's these chain swords that have uh, they're like a spear haft, and I'm trying to go kind of yeah yeah. I'm trying to go like Roman, like Greco Roman inspired. Mm-hmm. You know, really lean into that because that's part of the Legion. Mm-hmm. And um, so I got some of those and some other neat things, and I'm uh, just waiting on some more stuff to come in the mail. And then it's like, all right, I get to start mocking things up with little green stuff bits and everything, or not green stuff. Uh, what is it? Blue tack. Blue, Blue tack. tack. That's yeah. the the temp color plus, you know, uh, noun type thing that you <laughs> stick together and you get a hobby product. You did that it. I was searching for in my mind. Yes, yeah. yes. So the uh, so what are the two parts of uh, Millie Putt? <laughs> millipedes and golf (laughs) i guess um yeah it's been a fun hobby couple weeks for me too um i'm slowly getting through my um my phobos marines kind of touching them here and there i i have to break through the base coating barrier i hate doing the base coating because everything just looks ugly and until you start cleaning it up give it a wash and then start doing highlights that's when it's like oh wait i am good at this you have to break through that ugly phase and i always i always pump the brakes during that ugly phase it's just a bad habit of mine in my hobby but as a palate cleanser from that i got um from dakota you know him but to uh to our listeners he he makes a lot of the terrain for uh the itc stuff for kill team mm-hmm. um and he's actually taking over a lot of the um toing for uh, some big events i know specifically lvo he's going to be doing this upcoming year and he's been expanding his uh terrain stuff um his he he had a good idea of not just doing containers but also doing there's kind of barricades and walls, stuff that simulates both Chalnath and Octarius pretty well to kind of fuse a lot of that together, which we're seeing on a lot of either competitive tables or a lot of these uh, virtual tables that people are putting together, kind of fusing the terrain together, making it work yeah. really, really well. And he, he made some MDF mock-ups of that. And I bought his expansion set of that. And I've been playing some games with that with Alex. And oh, it's really fun. It's nice to have hatches and... Uh, and doors to deal with it's a fun new dynamic and it's um the expansion sets littered with what what we call in the uh, competitive community the sacred l shapes oh okay <laughs> the terrain that's kind of shaped like an l that ha- is just so versatile for both line of sight as well as positioning and kind of all that stuff it, it's it's really good it's really good i like it and my biggest accomplishment having painted it up, glued it all together, getting it all done, is I was able to Tetris all that terrain perfectly into the same box that I had all the the previous set in. So I was able to add all the new stuff to it. So I pretty much have enough for two Kill Team tables just in one um, really useful box Tupperware thingy. Oh, cool. Yeah, so it's it's good. Yeah, so I did did a lot of that with my hobby. It was was fun. Jealous, man. I... I, uh... 
hearing about you and Alex playing, I, it feels like 100 years since my last Kill Team game. <laughs> Got cobwebs growing on the models. Yeah. Well, there's, uh, there's a couple tournaments coming up here around the corner here in Southern California, so... Um... Maybe we can uh, shake those cobwebs and dust that rust off pretty soon here. Yeah. Well, hopefully uh, they're close by because with $7 gas and then 20 cents <laughs> to use a card, you know what I mean? Like per gallon yeah. afterwards, it's like, whoo. Yeah. I, I was telling Eric the other day, like even getting to Long Beach is just rough right now. Oh, know? my goodness. Yeah. You need to take out a loan just to do groceries. Yeah. Dude, it was 100 in the Jeep. I was on a, I put 100 in the Jeep and uh, it was three quarters of a tank. No joke. Like, wow. Dude, yes, it's not even full. You know, you put a hundred in, not even on. Doesn't even tap the F. It's like, geez, what is happening? Well, but, uh, yeah. With uh, gas prices not being easy, actually intermediate to hard to deal with. What about we uh, talk about? That's a worse segue. Of, I tried. No, that I was tried. an amazing segue. I that don't know. I'm not segue proud merit of that. Segue merit badge. We got stuff to talk about. Kill team. Woo. Yeah, we're talking about Kill Team today. Yeah, so we're talking about, uh, you know, we, we wanted to take a different kind of a spin on this because everybody, you know, when they're talking about uh, team comparisons and stuff, it always happens to be a power level thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, this is S tier and this is A tier. This, you take it and you just dominate. Yeah, and to be fair, um, that, that's valuable. That's valuable. Yes, that's absolutely. super valuable information. Yeah. Right. And as we've discussed in previous episodes, you know, like like manager said, that has its place. And it's like there is some things... Um, you know, you, you look look at that. We always say, look at that as a skill ceiling um, thing. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, not necessarily a baseline indicator of what you know your average person could expect. But hey, this can reach these high highs. What we wanted to do today instead was to look at this in terms of you've got to drive a car in this game called Kill Team. Mm-hmm. How hard is the car going to be to drive? So what we did is we went through, we, we looked at some teams that should be competitively viable, mm-hmm. that you know what, if you're doing local RTTs, something like that, you know, um, you're, you're going around, you're playing with friends, it's not going to be something that's going to break down in the desert, you know, right outside of Death Valley mm-hmm. and leave you stranded. It's going to be an okay team for you to learn the game and grow with. But we're also going to break down, look, this is, you know, maybe a little bit easier, it's a little bit harder, and why for some of these teams and uh, help you get going, basically, and kill team if you're brand new. Yeah, and it's helpful to kind of understand kind of the perspective that we took when looking at these teams and trying to break them up um, into these kind of easy, intermediate, and hard kind of levels. This is not all the teams. We're just going through examples of teams that very well represent each kind of silo that we're trying to put them in. And um, it's helpful to understand how they got there so things that we looked at were criteria like how forgiving the team is right whether it's based on how durable they are abilities that they have that help them do things that um get around certain things that your opponents are doing to you that sounds very nebulous and weird but trust me it'll make sense uh their overall reliance on synergy like how how independent is each model in doing the job it needs to do to get you victory or how reliant are they are to this measurement to this measurement and all that kind of stuff. So kind of the reliance on synergy, um, overall bag of uh, their, their toolbox or bag of tricks. How deep is it? How technical is it to use it? Are you just reaching and pulling out a hammer or is it an abacus? Right. And then in general, just, how many specialists they are. That kind of ties in with how deep their bag of tricks is because the more specialists you have, the more tools and tricks you have, but those ones are even more complex to use because they're tied to specific models which have a physical location and a timing for activation, et cetera, et cetera. So um, 
suffice it to say, the more forgiving and the less of the other stuff, the easier the team tends to be and vice versa. So kind of keeping those in mind, it'll make sense as we're going through the teams that we're both going to be bringing up in each of these uh, levels. It'll it'll make sense, but it'll also empower all our listeners to look at other teams that we won't mention or teams that come out in the future and say, okay, is this going to be an easy, intermediate, or hard team to pilot just by kind of using these rough metrics? What do you think? Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Sounds like a great uh, great episode uh, for our listeners. If to we enjoy. do say so yeah. ourselves. <laughs> yes. Uh, and, you know, what's interesting, too, is uh, even though this is uh, kind of geared towards the noob coming mm-hmm. in, you know, the, the affectionately titled, uh, you know, we, we say that word with a hug. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's also something that maybe... Um, Somebody who's more experienced is looking to hop factions can can kind of hear our thoughts on a couple of these teams and think, uh, you know, maybe this was a good idea or something like that to jump into and try this new team. Yeah, and and I, it's like you're reading my mind because it's not in my show notes, so he's not seen this, folks. But um, also for the experienced listener, uh, very experienced uh, kill team players might feel that they're hitting a wall in their tournament. Um, in their tournament progression on like on meeting their goal, whether it's A, B, or C, whatever goal they've set themselves for competitive games. And that might be due to mental burnout if they're trying to pilot a very hard team. So by taking a team that's easier or intermediate, just kind of taking, taking a little bit of a step away from that and taking a more simple team to play with, you'll be able to focus more on everything else, the mission, the layout, the terrain rules, all that kind of stuff to help elevate your game and then maybe take those training wheels off again and go back to the team that you wanted to play that just happened to be a hard one to pilot. Absolutely. And, you know, kind of final thing I'd like to say on that to, to you know, uh, give something else that somebody might like to think of is that some of this, you know, is going to vary according to play style as well. You know, mm-hmm. help you maybe figure out what kind of team uh, you gravitate towards if you if you kind of have some of that information maybe coming in from another game like oh Magic the Gathering or something like that you'll be able to look at this and and think like oh maybe it's a combo thing maybe it's something like that and, and maybe you have done well with or not in the past and I think that that's a very individual thing that happens you know um, some people really thrive on straightforward mm-hmm. some people really thrive on like oh this plus this plus that you know and they're they're able to track it and uh, it's like that's almost where they shine is under that pressure of just the crushing weight of statistics or something and, and special rules maybe. Uh, so, you know, maybe some of that will come out for you as well in, in this episode. So help awesome. you out a little bit. So uh, let's dive right into, let's start with easy teams, right, and kind of build up sure. from there. Um, so I, th- I, I think we can both agree that a team like Talons of the Emperor, super easy mm-hmm. team to... Uh, either start out with or just in general to play would you agree with that i agree 100 percent. i was going to say you know in general with easy think compendium um mm-hmm. although not all mm-hmm. it's just a general speaking thing like some things like tyranids are actually kind of complex in mm-hmm. the compendium thing but something like custodies you're absolutely right you could do decently well with four models mm-hmm. you know um mm-hmm. it, it, you could have some difficulty thinking, oh, do I do spears? Do I do uh, shields? Do I take sisters? Things like that. But no, no. I mean, if you wanted to, you could build four spear boys and do decently well. 
and it's not going to be a long time. There's not a lot of buttons in that car to figure out mm-hmm. that, you know, you've got to learn before you can drive from point A to point B. Yeah. I mean, they, they effectively don't have any specialists. It's a low mm-hmm. number of operatives, so you have a very fixed amount of decisions to make. Um, and they're very forgiving with the two-up save. Um, if you take shield boys, you also get that four-up invuln. Um, they hit very hard. They hit very consistently. So it's it's just a very forgiving team to play. And um, that's really all I have to say about talent. They just kind of check all those boxes. They're forgiving, low noble or specialists. And they, they have a decent amount of tools and tricks with their ploys. Yeah. And they're all kind of siloed into there. So you have one place to look to know, okay, what can I do? What's a, What can I do in this situation I find myself in? What's in my bag of tools? It's all on one page. Yeah, I think that you kind of hit the nail on the head uh, talking about like the hitting on twos, the two up save, things like that. Like if, if somebody was kill team, you know, toddler coming in and just like needing to get going in this game and wanting like w- like wanted an accelerated learning path, um, I would probably put them on custodies for a little bit. Um, and, you know, the thing about it is, is they have these like training wheels. I don't mean that in a derogatory sense. Like I mean th- more like safety net. You know, of that I can hit you. Like, uh, if I see you, and and I need this to go off, like it's gonna go off. Or like, oh, I messed up and botched this positioning a little bit. Well, I can eat a rail rifle or a fusion grenade and probably mm-hmm. be okay. You know, mm-hmm. off of this misplay. And that's kind of a, another thing that really I think helps this team. You know, firmly cements them in a great starter. Yeah. And speaking of which, uh, Death Guard satisfy yep. a lot of these same things as well, right? Um, very forgiving for a lot of the same reasons. Very durable. They're very. Um, there, there's some auras involved with you know ringing the bell and all that stuff and having the icon. Not too much to think about because you only have a low number of marines. Right. And in general, most of them want to be close, so you're just going to keep them close. But super forgiving. But in addition to that, they also have quasi-specialists, is kind of how I wrote it, because your bell guy's kind of a specialist, your icon guy's kind of a specialist, and um, it, it it gives you a little bit of a nudge in a direction of a more complex team by right. having some elements from that. But uh, aside from being having these weird, almost specialists, pretty much the same as uh, talents. Right. It's just like a little step up that staircase because now it's like, okay, you've got that durability, but it comes like maybe, you know, through this is your first experience with the feel no pain mechanic, as Mm -hmm. we, you know, affectionately call it through the, the, you know, Mm -hmm. eons of of additions of 40k and stuff that what it is right now is that if you get hit with something, uh, you get to roll a five up and see if maybe you don't lose as much damage from that, you know, per per wound that you mm-hmm. would lose, you would get to roll a five up and, and see. And so it's like, you know, it's now a little bit of a, a thing out there. You've got this this kind of a debuff to the enemy now to track and uh, and stuff like that, but still in a very simple way. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and, and, you know, it's adding two more guys to the list, mm-hmm. basically. And, and mm-hmm. now you're starting to think about like, oh, like, I have some weapon options. Do I take this special weapon? Do I just go bolters here? You know, and, and you could start to get into tailoring a tiny bit to the opponent. And by tailoring, we mean like, uh, you know, somebody brings Tau, you might show up with your list a little bit different um, than you would against another Marine team or something mm-hmm. to that effect. And this team kind of starts to get you there a little bit more. And that's not to say you can't do that with custodies either, right? Because you have mm-hmm. sisters and all that. If you wanted mm-hmm. to, you can get kind of complex with sisters or uh, with mm-hmm. Talons. I should say, mm-hmm. 
Um, mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, Death Guard is just the next little step up, I would say. Mm-hmm. And um, at risk of kind of continuing this trend of a, a slight step up from that, the next on my list is Science. Because okay. I feel that they also fill a very similar kind of role of having quasi-specialists. They have a little bit more operatives to consider. They're not as forgiving durably durability wise as mm-hmm. death guard and talons of course they're little umis but um <laughs> having more bodies and having things like the order that lets them do mission actions cheaper allows them to play the mission better than those other super specialist teams mm-hmm. now it's not we're not saying here just for listeners especially the newer ones out there um we're not saying start custodies then play death guard then yeah, play no, no, science no. We're, we're not we're not saying that but it's just kind of comparing these guys within easy mm-hmm. uh depending on what your play style is if you want four big <laughs> yolo beat sticks out there right um that's that's talons and you could play very effectively with them but if you'd rather have a little bit wider of a team have more operatives that have more moving parts, but still not too complex, like something like Novitiates, which we'll get to eventually, then um, Scions would fall into that easy um, path, in my opinion. Yep, yep, exactly. And and it, and I like how you've placed them here because it's like now we've got some of the stuff that we talked about before, but it's like, okay, you've got more models. And now you've started to get a little bit different uh, special rules in there you know now mm-hmm. you've got orders to maybe track which which mm-hmm. hey once you start getting into some of the compendium teams and things this is going to start to feel very familiar if you've learned some of this early on or your abilities to do things like free mission actions now it's like oh okay now i'm exploring this world where i've got two apl guys that can do three actions and mm-hmm. stuff like that and it's like oh mm-hmm. you start to wrap your head around the hidden APL that sometimes exists in this game, you know, that, that pseudo hidden action and familiarizing yourself with it, you know, kind of early on is helpful because you're going to have to go against that someday. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of things with free dashes or whatever that can, can gotcha uh, later on that learning, learning this stuff, you know, and baby steps now early on is uh, not a bad idea. I would actually say interchangeably, I almost wonder, was going to wonder how you feel about um, compendium tau. Because I was mm-hmm. going to say, if you're going to play Tau later on, you might want to start with these and just run all Pathfinders. No special mm-hmm. rules. Like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, just run the Compendium Pathies, two rails. You get uh, basically the list mm-hmm. without some of the complex stuff, mm-hmm. you know? That's actually an interesting point to make because it also gives... Because uh, we'll, we'll get to Pathfinders a little bit yeah. in a lot more detail later. But one of the things that makes them complex in my mind is all the additional rules for... Mm-hmm for things like drones, right? Yep. And and savior protocols and drone line of sight, all that kind of stuff. It, it's all these extra layers and rules that you have to keep track of and then eventually teach your opponent. Um, you could dip your toe <laughs> into that. Yeah. yeah. You could dip your toe into that with Compendium Tau um, and yep. offload a lot of the extra baggage that comes with uh, a specialist team like the Pathfinders from Chalmath. Absolutely. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that's an interesting take as well. Compendium Tau, definitely I would put them probably the more complex end of the easy silo probably yeah because you're starting to get into some of the things you know uh with with like board positioning to access certain stuff i was going to say you know maybe before them um because we've we've already covered a shooty horde we've covered an elite i was going to say an elite here um yeah which is uh my my own little branded uh tyranid or bearnid tm uh phrase here for for one of the archetypes uh i was going to say craft worlds and I was going to say, what do you think about that? Post-buff, I think that they can hang. 
Um, mm -hmm. You know, they've got some shenanigans going on, but it starts to introduce you into things like, oh, I'm, you know, Sanic go fast uh, and, and stuff like that. And, and the it's extra not... dashes and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I think any compendium team mm -hmm. is going to likely fall in the easier to pilot solely because a lot of things that they check off are going to be um, the reliance on synergy. They're not going to be too reliant on that. Number of specialists, they're not going to have too many of those. Tools and tricks, they're not going to have too many of those, partly because of specialists, etc., and partly because they don't have very complex um, mm -hmm. faction rules. So any compendium team will generally be a lot easier to pilot, I think, is, is safe to say. And that's what you started out this kind of category with. Yeah, it was just kind of like saying, you know, most compendium, maybe not something like Tyranids, because they've got yeah. so many good tactics that you want to use mm -hmm. every round, but you don't have mm -hmm. the CP to. You're always like, oh, this is good here, and this is good mm -hmm. here, and this is good here. And, you know, that is... Uh, kind of informational overload whereas like this you're kind of like oh yeah i want this dude to shoot twice and i want to go fast i want this dude to yeah. shoot twice and i want to go fast and you're just kind of you know mm -hmm. playing this game it's not too long to sit down with any of these teams that we've listed and be like oh this is what they do and then you can just like dial that in and learn the game you know instead of just like oh crap like what are my rules again which <laughs> i feel that some of the the teams further on can kind of kind of be a thing know sometimes yeah. so speaking of further on um sure. intermediate teams uh they bump themselves out of the easier category mm -hmm. to pilot specifically because of that they just right. got a little bit too much that they're not you, you need to spend some time with them to pilot and first and foremost on that list for me is commandos Okay, uh, I got to start the edition with that, so I had to learn the the whole rules of the game as well as the uh, rules of commandos. And I remember it took me probably about twenty to twenty five games to feel one hundred percent comfortable with this team. And yeah. a lot of that's because I was also learning the game as well. It wasn't just learning the team, but uh, they have a lot of specialists. Everyone has their own special rule. They have a lot of really good gear. That's a lot of it's kind of technical and how it works because of how it changes the core rules and stuff like that. But they're pretty forgiving in certain aspects. They have a lot of wounds. They have abilities like Skulk About or Just a Scratch, which lets them stick around for a lot longer. Um, their specialists, while being many, are very straightforward in what they do. And um, they have a good mix of shooting, good mix of melee, so... That they, they play all aspects of the board. They, they cover their blind spots when played appropriately. So I, I think they're more complex than an easy team, but they're definitely not a hard team to pilot once you sit down and understand what everyone does and you're not sitting there having to read it all again. So that's why I think they kind of yeah. fit between those two, easy I, and hard. Yeah, I think that it's kind of like... Uh... The addition, like the ability that they have to do the pregame shenanigans, the movement, like alone mm -hmm. would put them in intermediate for me because it's like, okay, you've learned the game, you yeah. had to deploy, like all this stuff. You've done, you, you have all the same issues of the teams that, you know, we've talked about below. Like, you, you know, you need to do these things to win the game and figure out and everything. But now it's like, oh, I do something that only I do, you know, mm -hmm. kind of a thing. And, and, you know, there are some teams that, that do some, some things similar, but it's something that you'll encounter. It's a feeling you'll probably have starting with the team you know mm -hmm. uh you'll it's something that is unique to this team that you got to remember to do like oh i forgot to do the thing you know that's going to happen 50 times and you can't beat yourself up about it <laughs> um you know everybody forgets their their big thing they're supposed to do sometimes um yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and the thing that keeps them from getting harder um, to pilot is that they're not too reliant on things like synergies. Mm-hmm. Like they, they have two units that need to be within six inches of another unit to do a thing. And that's really it. I mean, there are some other auras. I have to get close so I mm-hmm. can reroll with the Daka boy. That, that's not too hard to manage. It's not like a stacking synergy where positioning and unison movement and all that kind of stuff is super important. So um, they, they're not they're not too complex to put them into hard for sure. Mm-hmm. But um, what other examples do you have under intermediate? I was gonna say uh, Admech, which I'm hoping comes back quite a bit uh, with the recent change. The- the hunter clade the uh white yes. dwarf one correct. yep the white dwarf admin yep they're on my list as well i agree with you intermediate yeah i just think that this is now it's starting to take some of the auras that we talked about in easy and then like up that like quite mm-hmm. quite a bit now mm-hmm. we start getting into actual bookkeeping i feel um <laughs> now we've got you know comms shipping things around on top of that we've got list tailoring you know it starts to get um more dense at this at this stage and the good thing is, is that I feel that this is actually at a, a good level of density for a player mm-hmm. to both start the game with, but also have a toolbox enough to really grow with you as the game progresses. You know, and mm-hmm. you will be hitting top eights and stuff if you main this team and can really figure out what's going on with this team and stuff. Mm-hmm. I feel, and and that barrier is there, but it's not too high. Yeah, it's a, it's a exactly. chest high wall. Um, it's light terrain, which you can traverse for free with optimized gate. Yes, um, yeah, yes. they they have a lot of tools that deal with those kind of barriers, which which um, makes them intermediate and not easy, in my mm-hmm. opinion. So optimized gate, knowing who to put that on, uh, right. it's an equipment piece, or knowing how to effectively use omnispecs to catch your opponents out of position to shoot them. Um, they have specialists, like you said, that you need to consider, but they're not that complex, honestly. Like the Dictat, mm-hmm. it's not the most complex specialist out there. Um, and then the thing that makes them intermediate and not more complex now is their change to their doctrina. Exactly. Where you're not doing this, this, this mental math of like, okay, well, what's going to hurt me more than going to help me? Blah, 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 blah. Their recent change in the balance status slate um, it, it makes it so easy. You could change it every round so you're not stuck with a bad outcome and you can always just keep changing it just to make sure that you're always getting a buff for the one key um, activation you have. Is there Absolutely. one shooting attack that's very important that you get off? Is there a fight that's very critical that you come out ahead in? Uh, you could just change it to that Doctrina at that moment. So it makes them a lot easier to manage and I think that brings them back into the intermediate space. Exactly. I was going to say, I almost feel that this was a targeted FAQ patch to bring these guys down in complexity because, mm-hmm. you know, um, the stub your toe to shoot better, I think <laughs> kind of maybe single-handedly put some players off this team. Yeah, yeah. And and this team traditionally was, I think, a lot harder to pilot, as you're implying, and we, we saw that because they can find success with great players like Micromancer, like Alex. They can definitely find a lot of success with this team pre-buff. But um, I think a lot of players were not only turned off from this team, but they were also um, not finding success with this team, as yeah. we were clearly seeing from win rates and podiums. So, um, yeah, so changes like that bring them into intermediate. And I think what that does is it helps out those mid-tables in... Um, 
getting a harness of this team, but also makes them more straightforward to play. All right. So uh, uh, that was one of mine. What do you got? I put Legionary in here. Okay. Uh, yeah. 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 They're all specialists, but it's an elite team. So it's not 12 specialists, right? So they're all, they all have their special rules to consider. Um, you can simplify the team by not having to mix marks. And mm-hmm. you can do very well by just giving everyone Mark and Nurgle, for example, right? Um, everyone's going to have that durability and that forgiveness from the Mark and Nurgle. They have a lot of tricks, very deep toolbox, but most of that goes away if you simplify your marks, right? Right. Um, it, it, you can be very effective with a very similar list going into most teams. Um, so number of specialists is low. The tools and tricks are deep, but pared down once you make that conscious decision to limit the marks that you're using. Yeah. Pretty forgiving. And the, their units, for the most part, don't really care about each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they can they can operate independently there's not too many synergies to worry about um which um also makes them fairly straightforward to pilot yeah i think that um once you get away from custodies a lot of elite teams kind of get instantly into the intermediate stage because you're trying to do more with less you're trying to set mm-hmm. up where it's like okay i'm very efficient in this situation while at the same time they'll have a lot of options that I've seen just time and time again throughout, you know, two editions now. Um, people kind of stub their toes on along the way. Like, uh, like for example, you go on Reddit and it says, plasma equal good. And then so you're <laughs> going to go and think, oh, okay, so this is coming in every game. But it's like, okay, versus strength seven, you know, pathy, vet guard, something like that. Maybe it's better to shoot twice, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. And you, you kill these guys no matter what. Maybe you don't need strength a million, you know, um, on this gun, maybe just more DACA equal better. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah. and it takes some time to learn that kind of stuff. Did you translate that logic to my orky to sensibilities? Orc. Yes. I, uh, I <laughs> more DACA is always the right answer. So I'm going to agree with you even if even if I don't understand it. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, but but that's just, you know, kind of a thing with, with elite teams. And uh, a lot of elite is you, there starts to be more moving parts on fewer models. And mm-hmm. that it can be a very interesting place, you know, to, to yeah. start to get into. Not a bad place, but mm-hmm. an interesting one. You know, one that yeah. is worthy of mention, basically. Uh, any other intermediate teams before we move on to the hard category? Well, we had one that I think we felt was an in-between the two that we've discussed so far, right? Do you want to do those at the end? Okay, sure. Let's just do yeah. that at the end. Um, uh, what about you? You got any other ones? No, no. I think we can move on to hard teams. And I took a peek at your show notes. <laughs> it's pretty funny because it's exactly what I thought. Instead of just yes. naming the teams, it's just the boxes <laughs> that they came in. <laughs> yes, we said Morak or Chalnath, basically. Uh, for the most part, yeah. 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 Th- they're all very complex for all similar but different reasons. But in mm-hmm. addition to that, I'd also lump in that guard. Yeah. Um, there's a trend with a lot of these teams. <clears throat> they're very wide teams, meaning many operatives. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of specialists. They have a lot of tools and tricks. Mm-hmm. And they're low wound. So yes. the forgiveness starts to go away when they're on low wounds. Now, they all have different levels of forgiveness. So we can kind of briefly go through them one by one, but then um, the only team that doesn't fit all of that is Phobos, but they're hard to play for an entirely different reason. So um, just to briefly touch on Veteran Guard before we go to the Chow Rock discussion. The more Chow. The more Chow. I don't know which one I like better. (laughs) That's a Gork or Mork question if I've ever heard it. Uh, So 
So Vetguard, uh, they're super powerful, but mm-hmm. challenging to pilot. And that's evident by the fact that we thought they were not as good as they were until we learned the team and then learned that they were a lot better than we thought they were. And mm-hmm. they just shot up um, not only in uh, position, but also in tier lists. Yeah, I think that once you start to get to this tier list, it's like it starts to be things like A plus B plus C equals sometimes Y if it's a Tuesday. You know what I mean? If there starts to be things to track and and things mm-hmm. begin to become more than the sum of their individual parts. This isn't, you know, I have my four guys and each one's a demigod. This is like, mm-hmm. you know, oh, this guy does this, but is this the right time? But also I could take this plus this and, and you know, obliterate this. Mm-hmm. But, oh, this is actually something that you only do against X t- kind of team. And you yep. know what I mean? Um, it, it starts to be like like some of these teams people get mad at because they, they go against this fr- from the other side of the table and they just <laughs> see these, this thing. It's like the, uh, the, what are the Harlem Globetrotters, right? They're just like... <laughs> like the whistling, you know, and, and basketball dunking and stuff like that. But I would say try one of these teams. You know what I mean? Before, before you give in to the salt, really try some of them because it's like, oh, my God, like some of these things yeah. I look at and my eyes cross. I'm like what? Yeah, you, you start to see this? the challenge. Yeah, you start to see mm-hmm. the challenge in piloting them. I mean, you're mentioning it there. Just a high model count, stacking synergy, low wounds. Um, I, it. Even just having the high model count alone, mm-hmm. I think, is a challenge in and of its own. Because boards are a finite amount of space, right? And bad con- bad positioning, clustering, all that kind of stuff can really ruin your day. Like The, the times that I catch players clustered with dynamite mm-hmm. brings brings a happy gork to my, to my soul, right? But um, it, it's such an easy pitfall to fall into when you're focusing on stacking synergies... But then also worrying about these threats and also trying to be threatening yourself, all this kind of stuff. So um, Vekar definitely fall into that. Yeah. Now, it's definitely like at this level, it's what we talked about a couple of times with the, the scientists. You know, beware of the scientists because it's like uh, the, the, the whole preoccupied with whether or not you could. You didn't stop to think if you should kind of a thing. Because you can tunnel vision mm-hmm. in on like, oh, I'm fusioning this guy. And it's like, mm-hmm. uh, that was a seven wound dude. And your guy has mm-hmm. a four or five carbine on it. Or, or you know what I mean? Like something like that. Mm-hmm. Like this level is just a, a scary place to be at uh, and try to run. There's, there's like too much good stuff. Like you look at the, their tactics and abilities and things like mm-hmm. that. And it's like, oh, what do I do? Analysis paralysis. <laughs> Pretty soon your each yeah. move is taking you 10 minutes and the clock's running down and you're losing games because you're not getting points and stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, also on this list, Pathfinders. And I defer yeah. to you to explain to us why they're hard as our, as our hobby, hobby show kill team show pathy veteran thank you sir yeah i just think that tau should have been called options the kill team like instead of calling them pathfinders they should have just called them options um (laughs) because there's a million things you can do at any time you know and it's like did you do the right one i hope so because uh if not you might pay for it with these these little dudes um one of the things that i would put them here though uh at this level is the amount of errata and faq that there is to parse out for a new player Uh, that's an interesting point yeah, I, f- I f- am pretty sure at this point that they are the heaviest hit team. And I still think the number one. Um, but uh, <laughs> I think that they have been hit the most. You know, they've got grenades, their activation stuff, the this and that. Like, you're going to have to understand these rules and then go to another thing that says, oh, this is not this way anymore. And then figure out mm-hmm. what that means more than any other team uh, mm-hmm. with, with these. And they're going to reward you for it. Um, but you're going to probably lose your first couple games. I have. I've 
heard time and time again, I have not had one person win their first game as Tau. Or as Pathos, yeah. I should say, because we've talked yeah, about the other version of Tau earlier on. In fact, calling back to that, I think you should probably start with Compendium Pathfinders, like we talked about, or Compendium Tau, excuse me, play that first. Run only Pathfinders. You know, take two mm -hmm. rails instead of the three, something like that, get that dialed in, and then come to this team. Because mm -hmm. if, if you know nothing about Kill Team, and you go into the store and you go, oh, this box looks cool, and you get that, and you go into this game, your learning curve is going to be so much longer than somebody else's, probably. I would yeah. say on average. Yep, I would agree. Um, aside from that, just all the extra rules that they come with. Marker lights. Yes. Um, the Just marker lights alone. Mm -hmm. um, but then also all the drone stuff, except for when they're controlled by Xbox guy. And yes. And all, all that. It's a lot of rules, a lot of caveats, and I like your point about them being FAQ'd and balanced mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff, giving an extra source for you to look at. Hopefully in the future, if we do get something that kind of consolidates all that into like a new rule book or a mm -hmm. new book that has everything, um, that will be less of a barrier, but um, as things are right now, um, I agree. Uh, Novitiates, the other half of that box, very similar problem in a sense of stacking synergies, buffs many specialists many tools many things to consider but then also all that extra counting with faith points right the thing about faith points is that there's such a double-edged sword with them right uh -huh. they super effective as a safety net right blinding aura i mispositioned oops blinding aura right right but over reliance on that safety net you're gonna lose out on those you can burn through them so quickly those faith points yeah or mispositioning on your cup lady um and not getting your battery for more faith points right all these different things, the, the faith points can hurt and help you at the same time. Well, not hurt you per se, but the misuse of them can lead to you, as you've said many times, stubbing your toe with this team. Yeah, or you're just trying to like understand that mechanic and optimize that the best you can. And it's like, oh, wait, there's this whole entire rest of the game I'm supposed to be playing right now. you know. Mm -hmm. and, and that's why like, um, I was talking to somebody recently in coaching. It's like, they, I don't know that... I would do well with this team, you know, like mm -hmm. there's certain teams like your player personality will lend itself to like, there's just certain things about this team. Like they, they've got a lot of different elements to manage. They've got a melee element to manage. They've got a shooting element mm -hmm. to manage. They've got auras. They've got targeted debuffs that you got to do on the opponent's thing, you know, and they have a ton of great equipment. Exactly. You've got to figure out which one you want to take and which one's going to be effective on who. Who takes an auto-chastiser? Who takes X, Y, Z, A, B, C? When do I pop eyes of the Emperor? All this kind of stuff. Right. So um, the positioning element to try and use their... Um, the, it's that strat ploy, the one on the bottom, I can't remember. The one that lets them do one, a shoot or a fight if they're on... Oh, um, God, that one. On, uh, uh, yes. On a, the... I forget what it's called, what, but it's, yeah, they, they, they get a free shooting phase, basically, uh, for the, yeah. the entire team if it, they're on objectives. Yeah, yeah they, but they then you got to plan for that the previous, yes. so you're, you're thinking ahead and all this kind of stuff. Right. So it's it's like a more complex, uh, it's like a more complex commandos thing with Shush. You just made me realize something, that a lot of these teams in this bracket necessitate the last turn, or next turn, this turn philosophy that we've talked about multiple podcasts ago. Oh yeah, yeah. I think like I think you're, you're not, absolutely right with that. Yeah, you you are going to 
when you have your level up moment, that's what it's going to be with these teams. Mm -hmm. Like you'll yeah, be playing and right things like that. that. Yeah. And as soon as you realize, oh, wait, I got to be here at the start of next turn. You you've just like you you've taken the, the what is the Mario mushroom or whatever you you've just big bigged up a little bit. Uh, these teams yeah. they want that from you, I think. Yeah, and I think the I mean you could say a lot of this a lot of similar stuff for managing blooded. We talked about them a lot on mm -hmm. the last episode, so we'll just kind of breeze by that. But for Phobos, I do want to touch on that because they're the one odd egg out in this hard team discussion because sure. everyone else has had a ton of specialists, a ton of this, that, and the other. And I think Phobos are in the hard section for an entirely different reason. Um, there's only six of them, which in and of itself is hard to pilot to success, right? They're hard to play effectively when each guy matters so much more. They're twice as valuable as your Pathfinder because you have half of them, right? Instantly, um, at least intermediate. Yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, they, have, they can die easily to mispositioning from plasma, crack, etc., um, they don't hit as hard as legionary. Mm -hmm. They don't have as much of a punch, so they're not as effective at the killing part. So you need to be super efficient and deliberate to play the mission and to lean on that guerrilla nature of these, uh, of the fighting with the Phobos, which is not easy to do. They have a bit of a safety net with as, and they shall know no fear, which, um, lets them operate at full faculties if they're wounded, essentially, or injured, uh, essentially. But you need to make sure that they don't die and they just stay injured. So it, it's it's a challenging team to play for a lot of different reasons. And only six operatives, but more than six good specialist choices. Exactly. And this mm -hmm. is getting back into what we talked about, you know, when I, when I said elites in general just perennially have this kind of a challenge of analysis paralysis and having things that it's like this is good but did it need to be in this list right now you know and, mm -hmm. and kill team is a beautiful game because it has that roster you, you know it's been two mm -hmm. editions now where it's uh, this sideboard that you've got at, at all times you can just access the beginning of a game and, and say you know what come in off the bench reaver sergeant or something yeah. like that and it's like oh that might not have been the best thing to take right now it sure <laughs> looks cool but uh yeah, yeah. and and uh it's <clears throat> It's been something that a lot of people have wanted um, for Kill Team uh, 2, uh, this new edition, just because some teams very much don't have that um, roster as much. Mm -hmm. And it seems like Phobos was built around the roster being important to them, yeah. given the fact that they have a ploy specifically letting them draw again from the roster. And the unfortunate thing for people is, I feel that like with a team such as like Phobos, they're going to muster the wrong guy. And he's going to be what survives all game. And so they're going to come away as a new player with this confirmation. But he, but he was doing all the stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's like, no, he was what we allowed to live. You know? Um, so it's That's an interesting it's, perspective. It's yeah. going to be hard to learn from, from the, you know, your experience. And take that away, mm -hmm. you know, at home. And create, you know, distillate whatever this, this uh, learning experience yeah. from it. Yeah. So while it's nice to pretend that everything easily fits into one of these three categories, yes. um, as you alluded to earlier, we have two examples of teams that kind of have a foot in both sides, right? Yeah. So between easy and intermediate, we both agree that um, Void Dancer Troop is in both for yeah. different reasons. Uh, so w what makes you feel that they should, like, like, what are things that make them intermediate, for example? 
Um, I think that they basically, um, they come in and they've got their own kind of thing going on, their own kind of rules. Um, mm -hmm. I think that there's the Sadath and stuff, which, which I think the change in the recent, uh, FAQ, you know, kind of brought down their complexity a little yeah. bit, just but they're, they're by nature tracking... of the Sadath. Yeah. Just nature by the Sadath being not as important because it's right. not as such a big part of their power that... <laughs> If you wanted to ignore it, you weren't hurting yourself as much. That's what you're implying, correct? Yes, and and it's yeah. like you know I've seen players playing this early on getting getting stuff wrong with the you know the counts and everything, um, and also like there's aspects of this game that you're supposed to be learning that you know you might learn wrong because somebody says no no the game works this way and you go oh okay and you play this team for a little bit under a false assumption until somebody goes no no actually you know you can do x y and z you get a nice player that tells you actually mm -hmm. you're way better than you thought and then you're going to go oh and have to go back to the drawing board because you break the rules as this team in mm -hmm. a legal way you do things mm -hmm. differently and so somebody coming in or or like somebody talking about a general principle on a youtube video whatever like you're gonna have to find your own path a little bit as these guys, and I think that yeah. that buffs up their difficulty level a tiny bit. I yeah. think there's stuff, yeah. Yeah, those are all super fair points, right? They're a fighter. It, it's funny because that last point you're making um, also dovetails into what makes them easy. Mm -hmm. A lot of the rules that they break make them easier to play. Yeah. You're, everyone flies. So you're not worrying about all the complex math that can go complex, heavy, heavy air quotes are complex math that goes into terrain and movement around terrain, right? Mm -hmm. um, you have a lot of defensive ploys. One of them, uh, cigarettes, just um, not being as strong anymore, but still domino field allowing you to position with, uh, with a heavy hand of forgiveness. Yeah. There are three APL and three APL is so easy to work with while staying effective offensively but also playing the mission mm -hmm. and they also have a good number of operatives eight operatives that's a lot of folks to get to get jobs done with right yeah and less of a hit if you lose one or two due to mispositioning rather than if you have six phobos right yeah um so i i think there's a lot that make them easy to pilot but it, it's funny you mentioned that because i have bolded and underlined in my notes that the fly terrain rules defensive ploys all these kind of things could be an issue down the line and it's for yes. that exact reason because you're not learning the whole game mm -hmm. you're able to not drill out a lot of these rules which you'll have to ensure that your opponent's abiding to right but if you don't know yeah. these rules yourself you're not going to pick up the occasional mistake with um calculating climbing distance and all that kind of yeah. stuff and then if you ever want to play another team it's like uh oh i gotta learn kill team now yeah I mean, it's like <laughs> you're going to have to enforce you know help enforce rules on the other side of the board that don't apply to your team yeah you yeah. know and vice so, versa vice right. versa your opponent's gonna have to be like wait wait you can you and, and you have to be yes. able to say yes i can because yes you have to articulate uh, what is actually happening in the moment and um, yeah. still have a TO come over probably uh, here and there and then have to navigate <laughs> discussing with a TO and like, no, no, but actually what's happening is, <laughs> you know, um, but I think that you get a lot of bang for your buck with this team at this level. I think that, you know, between easy and intermediate lies the, the Harlequins, or mm -hmm. the, uh, the Void Dancer troop. And mm -hmm. I think it's like, this is a very high ceiling team that you get into for not a lot 
uh, investment in terms of like yes. what is required from you to pilot that fighter jet. Correct. Um, now between the other two, a great example between intermediate and hard. I think we both agree that warp covenant in both for two yeah. great reasons. Well, three great reasons, I should say. And the thing that makes me... Because I feel that they belong very much so in intermediate, mm -hmm. except for the fact that the sorcerers are, are there. Yeah. The mustering, picking their mutations or gifts or whatever they're called, picking, like, knowing which schools of sorcery they're in, mm -hmm. knowing the three different things. Like, if you... <laughs> Knowing the three different abilities that each of your sorcerers have, knowing which one is which, if you don't have them labeled with sticky sticky tack, yes, uh, like a, you put like a stopwatch on your temporal one, you know, like <laughs> knowing which one's which, and then knowing that if I'm within a certain R of another one, I could steal one of their spells, which is this, and all that kind of stuff. That is super complex to manage. That's even though they're low number of specialists in that in that respect. <laughs> holy moly, those specialists come with like a whole leasing agreement that you have to fill out in order yeah. to understand it. It's like the rest of the team gets real simple, but you've got to mm -hmm. manage those guys' spells, tactics, war gear, you know, and, and really get that dialed in. And then this is like one of the first teams that started to bring back a little bit of the list building from last edition yes. because you can't have duplicate stuff on the roster, you know, uh, with your sorcerer builds uh, for certain things on there. And so... You know, you've got to have that figured out, and that's going to take time. And then, like, another thing of complication that I think is going to be added to this is um, that sometimes you're running this team elite, and sometimes you're running it with a lot of bodies. You know, you, you could be doing Zangor mm -hmm. spam. So it's like, you know, a lot of teams you get into, and it's this one thing. It's either an elite team or an elite team or a shooty horde or a, uh, you know, melee horde. These guys kind of... You know, you could find yourself game one running a very different team than game two. And that's going to buff their their difficulty up a little bit too, I think. Or just their yeah. barrier to entry. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I think that that's, you know, all I got to say about that. Uh, with life <laughs> in a box of chocolates. Uh, I have been Beerinid. You can find me online posting very sporadically. It's been a long time now. Uh, Beerinid 40K on YouTube. And I've been Emmanuel. You can find uh, me on my Instagram at eman.paints. Looking for my little orcs and terrain coming up soon. And you can also find me and my buddy Alex on Strategic Advantage on YouTube. Thank you guys for listening. Didn't say watching this time. Oh, you said it now. Ah. Stop watching. Just listen. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Kill Zone Podcast. Your home for real talk for competitive kill team. Brought to you by the Frontline Gaming Network. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode.